At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. It's the podcast. Podcast. Welcome to another Britflix podcast. We're going to talk about a new form, well, a new form as in the last sort of, I guess, twenty years or so, to the moving to the the audio and, and the moving image world. Um, we're going to talk web series, and today we've got with us uh, Robin Bell, who runs the Twisted Showcase. Hello, Robin. Hi, Stuart. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right now. I say you run it because you, you, you're you, you got in touch because you're you're about to go into your fourth series um, of yeah. Twisted Showcase. So, before we talk about what Twisted Showcase is, do you want to tell the listener what a web series is, as opposed to a TV series or a serial or a box set or a film? I guess the, the main difference is it's just distributed online, so you can watch it on, 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 the, on the interweb. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that gives you a bit of uh, freedom from being a TV series and that the lengths of the episodes can change. I guess I guess all the stuff on the Netflix original stuff could be defined as web series as well because a lot of those don't stick to certain episode lengths. I've, just watched the OA recently, and most of them stuck about an hour length, and there's one episode, like episode six, things like 20, 25 minutes or something. And mm. I guess our, our thing's a lot kind of lower budget than that kind of level, so we normally stick to around, well, we normally say five to seven minutes, five to ten minutes, really, the episodes. Robin, you complete, Robin, Robin, just repeat that again. You completely cut out then. Uh, you, you said... We usually stick to, and then I lost you. What was it? How many? How long an episode? Uh, we usually stick to um, between five and seven pages for the script, so they usually run about five to ten minutes. The episodes do. Okay. Now, Twisted Showcase sets yet sets hairs a race as to what it might mean. So, do you want to tell us what 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 it is that you you've created under the banner of Twisted Showcase? What is it as a as a, as a web series? Well, we wanted to do um, like an anthology series. Um, the co-creator of it, Reese Jones, wanted to do something sort of domestic, and and his idea was like Sim- Simpsons Treehouse of Horror. Mm-hmm. It's right, it's more of the comedy episodes, and then I started writing more of the kind of horror stuff, and then it sort of went uh, that way really, because we both wanted to make sure that each episode had had some kind of meaning. It wasn't just, we wasn't just putting out kind of five minutes of fluff. Yeah. And and it sort of went the, the kind of darker route. Even the comedy stuff was was darker. So as we were kind of working on series one, uh, Reese came up with the title "Twisted Showcase," and it's mm. just really. So we sort of just wanted to initially just instead of sending scripts out, you could send kind of these short films out to people. Uh, 
and, and we could, with an anthology, we could kind of jump genre like the Twilight Zone did to do kind of sci-fi, horror, thrillers, comedies, whatever. Mm. So that's kind of what it makes me think about when you say that. So you've got, you've got um, Twilight Zone, you've got Tales of the Unexpected, you've got Outer Limits, yeah. these, these kind of genre-based sort of mini, mini films, aren't they, in a way? Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's been kind of fortunate and unfortunate that at the time we've been making them, there's been a kind of rise in them with uh, Black Mirror and Inside Number Nine being probably the two most popular of of the anthology series that have both kind of risen as we've been making making these. Mm. Now you've been now as you said this is the, the fourth series, so before we go any further then when when does the fourth series begin? Uh, the first episode uh, is out on Tuesday, October the third, and then there'll be one every week for every oh. Tuesday. And how and, and how does the layperson get access to your web series? Uh, they're all on, on YouTube or you can go to the website www.twistedshowcase.com uh, I'm sure they'll be posting on Twitter and Facebook on Twisted Showcase uh, on there. Okay, we'll, we'll, put, we'll put in links on the show notes so people can, can click right oh, into there to make that simple as well. Um, now, you've, 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 your, your early forays with Twisted Showcase were, were, were not without, without sort of um, instant success. Um, you, you've told me about your, uh, your inclusion in the 25... 25 best web series back in 2012 that the Guardian compiled, and I think I think you were saying that um, you were one of the only independent productions in in that, yeah, in that I, list of 25. I'm not sure if we were one of the only independent ones. We were the only independent British one. I think there were okay. only two British ones. There was, there was Vic and Bob on there, mm. and then us, I think, were the only two kind of British ones, and it was really surprising. And we just we got to a point where we finished series one and. Even though I think some of the episodes have been viewed quite a lot, but we 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 thought we'd kind of missed, we thought we kind of missed what we were trying to do really, and we didn't know how to market it properly. And then I saw someone posted on Twitter this list, and before I even looked at it, I tweeted it to, or texted the other two people I was making it with, saying, "Let's have a look at this list, see how they're marketing it, mm. and we can steal a couple of ideas from them." Mm. And then I clicked into the list and. So we were on it, and it was it was really surprising. So you were unaware that you were even sort of reached that level of notoriety already with, with, with yeah, what you're yeah. doing. We, we 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 sort of thought we'd reached um, Gareth David Lloyd fans, yeah. and then sort of gone under the radar for the for the rest of it. So it was really really surprising. And, and then from that, we've got uh, loads of festivals getting in touch asking for to show the episodes of the festival. So it was really a really quite an interesting time. So that's it's interesting you, you 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 throw that name into the mix. So that's 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 Torchwood's former yeah. actor Gareth David Lloyd. How how did you get him on board from the get go? Um, well we had when we had this episode which involved we needed an, an actor that was going to be playing sort of two roles in that um, one role is this guy who is really struggling and he keeps getting phone calls through his hand. Um, and it's from his um, brother who was and discarded at birth. Um, Say that again, his brother who so was what? We knew we needed... Robin, say that again, his brother who was what? He was a Siamese twin who got like cut off in, an, in operation at birth and got you, just got discarded. Uh, yeah. So we needed someone that, because we knew it was a kind of ridiculous idea, we need someone who could play these two roles mm -hmm. and sell the idea of someone who gets phone calls on their hand. Yeah. 
So um, it was that like the local uh, Comic Con. There's a Comic Con every kind of village and town now, isn't there? There is. I, I don't even know whether are they special anymore. I don't think so. No, at the time it was kind of a growing thing. In it's, it's kind of called Wales Comic Con, but it's in mm. in Wrexham, which is quite odd because most things referred to as Wales happen in kind of South Wales and Cardiff. They do, yeah, yeah. But um, but Gareth's band was playing because he he was in a band at the time. And he was playing there, and I knew James Moran from Fright Fest, so I was chatting to him. And I was telling him about we're trying to get up this web series because he done the web series Girl Number Nine, which I think was sort of a kind of influence to us to go. Oh, we could we could do something for the the web. There's nothing stopping us putting stuff on there. Mm. So I was chatting to him, and I said we need someone for this role. And he said, Well, Gareth was in Girl Number Nine. He'd be brilliant at doing that. He he's got the range to do it. I I kind of thought he he wouldn't consider doing this, but spoke to him after the gig and he said send the script and and then he got into it saying he loved the script. It's a real challenge to kind of play play two roles, so he'd be up for for doing that. So so, so I mean, and, and what's interesting about that is that that relationship has continued to the point now that your your opening episode of series four is Gareth's directorial debut. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I think he's directed theatre stuff before, but this is the first kind of film stuff he's he's done. And that that point, you got interviewed for series three, mm. and one of the questions was, would would you be looking to direct stuff? And he was he seemed to be really keen on that, and it just kind of triggered something in my mind, thinking he'd be he'd be great to direct the Twisted Showcase episode because he because he understands what what we're trying to do with it, and and he's kind of tapped into that kind of fucked up kind of Lynchian. Thing we kind of go for with the episodes he's in. Fair enough. Fair. So, so how how did that so how did that come about then uh, for this opening episode? Where, where did, I mean, you say you're saying that you know you, you realised that was one of his ambitions. So how yeah. how, does, how do you bridge that between seeing an opportunity and and creating something that then he can direct? Um. Or did he even write, did he indeed write it as well? Uh, well, we we kind of got quite ahead of ourselves when we were writing series three. Mm-hmm. We we got into a, well, I think myself, I got into a real purple patch of of being able to write these kind of five-minute to kind of ten-minute stories. It just seems to kind of pour out. So we had about three left over from series three that we thought we we can't, we don't really know how to film these. These are a bit too big or maybe a bit too long or or we need a kind of visual style for them, which we can't achieve at the moment. So I had three of them, and once I saw the interview, I said, we have got three scripts that... We're not really sure how to how to bring them about. I don't know if you want to look at those to see if you think you could direct one of those. So I sent three over, and the one he responded to, "Be my head." Mm-hmm. He just got back in touch saying, "I'd like to do this, but I've got a couple of ideas. Do you mind if I have a have a pass at have a pass at writing it?" And so then we we kind of did like two or three drafts back and forth. So he's kind of co-written it as well. Excellent, excellent. So do you want to, just, just while we're talking about it, and that's the opening one of your, of your series, do you want to give people a brief synopsis as to what that one is about? Yeah, well, um, it's about a machine that can take people's grief away. So Gareth plays a character who's suffered some kind of really big event in his life and he can't overcome it. Mm-hmm. And it's, this kind of grief is swallowing up and all he kind of thinking is, I just need to get, get rid of this grief. So it's about really what happens when there's a machine that can just take away all your grief or your kind of suffering and, and where that kind of leads to. What what in, what inspired that? Um, I think there was, a, there was a kind of a, a death in the family, which 
always kind of gets you thinking about about the, these kind of things of how do we how do you deal with this how do you overcome mm. uh, this like uh, together and uh, kind of marriage and stuff and or just or just just anyone and just just kind of conversations about death with people really sounds sounds really grim and the episode is is kind of funny as well so it's not it's not really a heavy episode but there is these kind of themes in there of overcoming grief and the importance of the importance of kind of suffering grief and why why we need to why it needs to occur really yeah well i guess i guess it's one of the few things that you can't really have a hypothetical conversation can you 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 wouldn't you wouldn't say to your brother or your sister how are you gonna be like when mum dies because it wouldn't it wouldn't really (laughs) work it wouldn't really work would it no because a, a most people don't want to think about it, and b how the yeah. hell would you know? <laughs> yeah, and I get if you do have those conversations as well, you're kind of masking a lot of stuff with, with kind of really black humour. Uh, if if you do broach it, which mm. I think we we I think we do that in the episode as well. But it's a lot of things in the episode that you wouldn't basically you wouldn't talk about over a pint or something. Uh, mm. But but the things which are constantly going around in your head a lot. So so um. It sounds to me like a lot, a lot, a lot of the, the sort of motivation for for doing this is to sort of get stuff out there, get things made, and yeah. take some control back. Because the world of of TV and film is is a fickle is a fickle beast at the best of times. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and as welcoming as film festivals are, um, when you go to places like Frightfest or whatever, um, yeah. the world of trying to raise finance and pull together a team to make a feature film or a TV series, it's not quite as um, as easily done, is it? So, oh, no. so what? I'm guessing you you've done a lot of this to sort of circumnavigate that problem and just start getting things made. And it's interesting you've already said that you sort of hit a purple patch in terms of finding a form in terms yeah. of what it is you're doing. So, in a sense, what 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 do you think this is this the Twisted Showcase has done for you? First off, as a writer. Uh, as a as a writer, it, um, like technically as a writer or kind of career wise, because it, it's led to me get, getting kind of meetings in places and, and well, you, you, we can we can do. Let's do let's do you you as a writer find your voice and then then yeah. tell us you finding your voice has led to you getting calls from people. Um, so yeah, find my voice. I think it's just led to a, a more kind of a, a shorthand really uh, in that I can get things out in scripts a lot quicker in. If I look at some of my early scripts now, it'd be maybe like ten pages, and it's still kind of getting to the nub of what the what the kind of theme is, or what this character is kind of going through. And 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 now and and now we're with kind of writing kind of stories which have to end within five or ten minutes. Mm. It's kind of made more storytelling in in other scripts more compact and and faster, and just getting information out in more interesting ways. I think. And just the, one of the first things I learned on the first episode we filmed, yeah. it was just, it was just, it was an episode called Fear of, Liv- Fear of Living, which is just one guy kind of filming himself, and he thinks there are things trying to attack him, but basically all it is, it's it's his own kind of mind trying to attack him. Really, he's kind of bipolar and really suffering, kind of suffering these paranoid delusions that people are trying to get him. Yeah. So he films everything. He's kind of talking through this kind of attack that's going on, which is basically just him kind of hearing things. And it was all these kind of big, long speeches that, that I'd written for it. And as soon as I started filming, it was like, take that out, we don't need that. You can do that in, in a look. You, you've, you've got that in that expression. It was just just crossing out reams of dialogue. And 
And it was so so freeing in that I had like about we had about ten pages of dialogue, and I think we only did like four of them in the end for the for the finished film. I had I had a similar. My mine was more of a happy accident. I did a guy. I did like a pretend documentary, so like lost footage, and you had a kind of roadie guy talking away. And yeah. on the first edit, the first rough edit, the guy who just compiled the footage together for me had lost accidentally <laughs> three minutes of it. And I watched it, and it's and it rocketed along, and I'm like, "Oh, where was that? Where was that bit about there?" And then I thought, "Don't need it, do I?" It doesn't tell me. It doesn't tell me anymore. It's just something I've written down. And it is. I think there's and, and, and there, there is there is. I mean, because when, when as uh, I'm more of a writer myself than I am than I am someone that gets behind the camera. But yeah, yeah, there is there is always there's always there's something about being able to and I don't claim to understand it yet at all, but I guess from what you're saying, you're beginning to understanding the the sort of the pressure on what's on the page versus what's needed on the screen. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's so many well like your um like your story, the missing three minutes. We we did because 'cause we've always done kind of one location films. We we wrote um uh, one for series three, which which take place over a few locations, and we realized it was like there's like three locations, I think it was. Mm. And we realized that one entire kind of location just was unnecessary for it. We'd filmed it all, and until kind of a week before, and then a week before, I just kind of went. Say to Robin, Robin, you just cut, Robin, you just Robin, just you just cut <laughs> out again. Do you want to just repeat that about until that you went, you went, went the location was a waste of time because, and then you went, blah 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 blah. So what was right. that? <laughs> what did so, you yeah, find we, out? We, had, we we sort of had three locations in this script, and we, yeah. we shot it all. Mm. And then, so it was about, an, I think it was about a ten-minute film, and we just just watching it, we kept thinking, oh, that lo- we don't need that location, but we've built, we filmed it, so we may as well leave it leave it in because it they're, they're good scenes. Mm. But, but then a week before, I think we just went, take it out. We can have a, we can have a seven-minute film here that tells the same story. And, and it's a lot shorter and snappier without without those scenes in that location. So and even if, though we, we, I think we were just trying to make it bigger by having kind of more locations, and so it seemed like like we were pushing the boat out of it, but just unnecessary in the end. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I guess I guess this this, this two films spring to mind in terms of kind of purism of of how you don't need to go anywhere. It's about how you push the story on. Would yeah. be I guess I guess buried at one extreme. Yeah, and um, and lock at another, where yeah. where you know most people will tell you that shooting a car is really boring. <laughs> yeah, but there's nothing boring about lock, um, yeah. and yet it's constrained to that. So it so in a way, and, and I think it was um, I'm saying I think it was I know it was it was David Bamett who said that dialogue should be action, not just action. Yeah, and I think sometimes we get we we can get a bit. We can get too attached and and to our words, like as if they're important. Mm-hmm. When in fact, a key thing on a screenplay is that is the, is the word you write and actually doing a job because if it ain't, yeah, get it, get it off the page. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, I know we um we've always kind of we've done a couple of episodes where we've imposed kind of limitations on it. So make sure that's one location, one character. I think we even had one in series three. Which was like this is going to have no kind of lead characters in it. All the kind of story is going to be told through kind of clips of the previous episodes in the series, which is a bit of an experiment. I'm not sure worked fully, but it's quite an interesting approach. Well, but no, no. What did what did that tell you? 
pro- probably told us that we, we put one too many limitations on that. <laughs> Fair enough. That's very honest of you, Robin. Yeah, it was, it's, it's quite an interesting one to watch. And I know a lot of the, a lot of the fans were, were, were quite interested in it in that it was kind of like a clip show, really, of <clears throat> lots of different clips and how the series kind of tied together. I think we were thinking of ending the series after the last one then. But we had we knew we had these ideas that were a little bit bigger that we didn't think we'd be able to pull off. And now, look, we we, we 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 didn't get to the second part of your your um, your answer about writing. So you've told us about what it's taught you as a writer of what you put on the page and how that works, but also mm-hmm. the, the the seeing this through and making the product, making the web series available. You're saying has also led to approaches and meetings from people to work on their projects or collaborate with them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I know Gareth's got a project that he's looking to get started that he's he's written. He wants to direct. Mm. Uh, so, so he's kind of asked me to. I'm not sure if he wants me to kind of exact produce it, but he wants me to kind of write on it as well. So, mm. kind of still working through the open stage of that. But it's led to me kind of getting meetings, meeting kind of different writers. Like Debbie Moon's writing an episode for this series because we met through kind of Twisted Showcase on Twitter. Uh, I said I was a fan of Wolfblood and she checked out Twisted Showcase, said she really liked that. So I'd like to write one. Um, but yeah, it's just led to lots lots of meetings. Lots of meetings where they've said if you were Charlie Brooker or, or the guys from League of Gentlemen, we could mission this straight away. But <laughs> I think that's, that's the thing an anthology needs on TV. It needs that kind of big voice behind it. Like, like the new Channel 4 thing, uh, the Philip K. Dick stories, it needs yeah. that voice to sell it. Even though my kind of thinking is with an anthology, you can cast kind of big cast members every week, and that's what that's a kind of draw people in. I think it does maybe need that author voice behind it, which Twisted Showcase kind of isn't at that level yet. No. So does so do you see do you see the potential to grow an a, an audience in in the sense that the kind of figures you could you could talk to anybody in a production company or or a commissioning role could could convince them that that you're You've got a sort of audience behind you. Um, that that that'd be that'd be a hope. I think we have got a twisted showcase kind of TV pitch with a couple of writers attached. Yeah. But I think at the moment, the meetings I I tend to get. Are, I mean, uh, kudos. Just to kind of they're, they're just Robin, kind of checking Robin, out. Robin, you just cut I've, out again. So the meetings you tend to get are what? Sorry. <laughs> I've had, well, me, they're just kind of checking out the, the land, really, because okay. I think there's a lot of interest in in kind of creating kind of web content and stuff for, like, um, Sky On Demand or, or things like like just creating stuff for iPlayer or, or kind of E4. I think E4 On Demand are looking at stuff and, like, for all four. So, so there's a lot of, lot of people just thinking in, in a year's time people are going to be creating lots of kind of online content. They've just had meetings about how we've kind of gone about building an audience and what kind of structure and things like that and just looking at ideas I've got and things like that. So I think, hope I'm hoping anyway, it's an area that's going to be a lot of growth and a lot of people looking at different stories you can tell and different kind of lengths and different ideas and different ways it all kind of weaves together. And what, 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 do, you feel, what do you feel are the lessons you've learned from a production point of view with what you're doing? You've already mentioned... That, that you, you've applied constraints. Now, on the one one hand, saying you know using clips from before is very much a kind of experiment, but but obviously, yeah. saying only one character, only one location, and 
yada yada yada. They're they're very much creative, the creative and production constraints, aren't yeah. they? So, what what have you learnt then about pulling pulling the productions together themselves? And definitely learn how to kind of keep it cheap. And I know we we work with one director mm. who who always wants a bit more time than than we've got, but then always pulls something brilliant together in the edit uh, room. But one of one of his film one of his films in this series he wanted he said I'll I'll make it but I'll need to do it over a couple of days on right. like a day shoot so then instantly I knew we wouldn't be able to kind of attached any kind of named named actors because we usually do kind of one day shoots if we're gonna be paying quite a fee for for the actor so so I knew then that I had to kind of think we're not gonna get any big kind of names to sell this episode. So then I just started making the episode a bit more, I can't think of the word, really, a bit more kind of grabby, a bit bit more heightened, really. So it wasn't a sort of, and it's just like, this is going to have to grab people straight away. They're going to have to want to know what's going on. It's, so so it just made it a little bit more heightened. So hopefully if people, when people tune into that episode, they won't be tuned off thinking, oh, there's no Gareth David Lloyd or Norman Lovett in this one. I'll, I'll skip this one. And, and in what sense it is... With, without putting figures on it, um, is 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 making a web series a money making scheme even at a very tiny level, or is it something about just growing an audience for now? Um, yeah, it's about growing an audience. We, I guess, all the money we've done from the crowdfunding just goes straight into making the films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't take any any fee for that for myself. Yeah. Um, we have just, I. I'd been told it's a bad idea to kind of sell DVDs of things that's for free online, but we had lots of people on Twitter saying, release this on DVD, I want this on my shelf. So so we kind of did like a limited like a limited kind of vinyl release or something, just made 50 of them and... Oh, that's interesting. And sold those, so... But even that, we, we're kind of doing like... Um, looking to experiment again with a kind of spin-off series that just does kind of one-minute horror films. So... That's been a real challenge in trying to get kind of scares in in a minute, uh, to set up a scare and pay it off. Mm. It's re- been really difficult. I, I was, kind of, I think I got a bit cocky thinking I can write five or six of these quite quick. Uh, in in a year, I've managed two, so that's been quite tough. <laughs> that's interesting. What 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 do you think? What is the limitation of a, of a sixty second scare then <sighs> that you've learned through trying to do them? Um, just just the, the time constraint, really, and that you, you're going to have to set something up that's going to that's going to be satisfying. Because I, I guess you could do a kind of jump scare in a minute, but you're still going to have to set up that something's going to come out from somewhere. Yeah. And I've kind of moved, I've kind of shied away from that a little bit. Um, well, yeah, my, my my kind of thing. I did write one which was a bit just odd, and I thought that's not got any real scare in it. So I I, I threw that away because I do want them to be. I think I call them sixty second scares. So I do want there to be a moment where this, this is really creepy or this is that's made me jump or something, rather than just be a bit odd. Because twisted showcase, I think sometimes can fall into the section. Of, this is just a bit weird now. I don't really know what's what's going on. This isn't scary. This isn't horror. This is just fucking weird. <laughs> Well, there's nothing wrong with falling into that camp. No, no. Um, having just come back from uh, from watching Mother too, not too recently. Yeah. That, uh, that's, that's a good one, which has a kind of limited location as well. It stays in the house, really, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I only began to realise it sort of halfway through that this is a contained horror film. Yeah. Um, so um, so you, you're, largely, you're, you're largely sort of 
you've largely got your feet in, in the camp of, of genre, and it, it, would you say it's 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 more 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 horror than any other genre that you're playing around with and, and, and having fun with? I mean, you've talked about humour, but obviously that that sits nicely with with horror anyway. Yeah, um, I'm not too I'm not too sure. Really. I, I I don't really because I've been to Fright Fest a couple of times. I think I've probably met you there a couple of times mm. where where we we saw that. I always used to hate it when the directors come on and go, well, it's not really horror. It's like they're shying away from from saying it. it's horror because maybe, I don't know, they feel it has sort of negative connotations or something. And it always really annoyed me when directors would come along and do that at a horror festival as well. Mm. So I, I, I wouldn't shy away from horror, but I think I'm not sure if a lot of it is sort of horror. Like there's an episode called Toilet Soup with Norman Lovett where He's pretending to sell an elixir that, of truth that if you drink it, it is, just tells you the truth. Yet really, all it is 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 kind of a bucket full of his shit and piss. Oh, and, and that's why. So I'm not sure if that's horror or just or just really really odd. And it's dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I don't know if you've have you seen? I don't know if you saw. Did you go to Friday Fest this year? I didn't go to the Shambly for a couple of years now, really. Um, there was um, there was a film called Freehold this year. Yeah. With with a guy living living in the uh, space between the wardrobe and the wall. In, right. In someone's apartment. So every time he went to work, he would come out and you know stick his yeah. toothbrush down his trousers and <laughs> put his cutlery in the toilet and piss on it and things like that. So it was like it was a it was a fairly it was most of the, most of the squirming wasn't wasn't gross. Wasn't gross out in terms of blood and guts, but more like the thought of yeah. being, being the victim of of germs unbeknownst to you. But yeah, but it works as a because it, 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 I think it works as a horror because it is it is still in that ballpark. Yeah. So what what else can you've, you we've talked about um, Gareth's Gareth's um, directorial debut. You've got you're working yeah. with um, with Debbie Moon. You said the uh, she won the, the the BAFTA back in what 2014 for Wolfblood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she's doing one called Muscle Memory. Do you want to give us something about in the fourth series? Do you want to give us some a flavour of what that's about? Yeah, um, she she got in touch uh, saying send a couple of ideas, and she just said I've got one straight off the top of my head. Mm. She said she'd heard this thing about that when you're getting massage, like different muscles hold different kind of memories of your past, and it was a way of unlocking memories of this character that's in in the episode, and these these kind of memories are are really kind of dark and really kind of fit in with the horror genre. It's probably the biggest kind of like horror genre episode of of the series in that the, the and it's such a fascinating way in that the, this character is having a massage while these kind of secrets come out which build up to this. That's nice, yeah. Horror picture, yeah. It's a really good episode. Literally body horror. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, let's remind people when Twisted Showcase Series 4 begins. Yep, um, so it's October, Tuesday, October the 3rd, and then there's an episode every week for the next six weeks. And we'll put in a link to the website and the YouTube channel in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. All right, well, thank you very much for your time, Robin, coming on the podcast to talk about Twisted Showcase. Oh, brilliant, it's been great. Thanks for the chat. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix... Just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you.